Come with us as we go into the wild. We're not talking about hiking trails or survival skills. We're diving deep into our faith journeys as we navigate the many terrains of life. As we navigate the wild, we'll discover how it can lead to divine encounters. We are so glad that each and every one of you are with us today. You know, whether you've been coming for a long time or it's your very first time, you are in the right place. You belong here. And today we're continuing our series, Into the Wild, where we're talking about how to listen to God in life's adventures. The very first week, Pastor Jeremy talked about wind and water. And last week, Pastor Kyle also had an amazing message talking about the wilderness. And if you miss either week, I wanna encourage you to go back and to check it out. And in this series, however you define adventure, we're learning a discipline that will truly guide us through this crazy life. We're learning how to listen to God in life's adventures. And actually as a mom and as a pastor, we have two boys, they're six and eight, and every night I pray over them that they would be quick to hear God's voice and quick to respond because I know that God is with them when I can't be with them and God can speak no matter where they're at and I desire the same thing for each and every one of us. So today I wanna continue with this metaphor of landscapes in the wild and feel led to talk to you today about what to do if you find yourself in a desert season, a desert season. Now, I know some of you were hoping that we could just add one more S to that word so that we could be in a dessert season. That sounds like so much more fun, right? In fact, we have cookies for everybody as you exit church today because we thought it makes everybody smile to get a free dessert. And we believe that no calories count if you're eating them in church. So enjoy a cookie on us for you and your family. Okay, but we're talking about desert seasons. And what is a desert season? You know, I believe it can look different for every person and will look different during different portions of our lives. But a desert season might look something like a season of in-between where everything kind of looks the same, kind of feels the same, kind of feels like you're on the hamster wheel of life. Or maybe a desert season for you is a season of waiting, you're waiting on a spouse. You're like, God, I'm praying. Will you answer my prayer? Or maybe you're waiting for a prodigal child to come back to know Jesus. Or maybe you're praying that you'd be able to start a family and have children. Maybe you're praying for freedom from a hurt or a habit or a hangup. Maybe a desert season for you looks like a season of difficulty where you're walking through a health diagnosis or maybe a divorce or a loss or an unwanted or unknown situation. But the truth is, we all go through desert seasons. And even this week, as we're observing what's happening in the world, evil that's running rampant in the war, people that we love and are near to walking through difficult things, I think all of us as humans can observe that the world is heavy and it's a broken world and it's full of hurt. And as I look around, I'm reminded that this world 
is not our permanent home, that we are not physical beings having a spiritual experience, but that we are spiritual beings having a physical experience on this temporary earth. But as long as we are here, we need more of Jesus, more of Jesus, more of Jesus in our everyday life, in our coming and our going, in our waking and our sleeping. We need more of Jesus. And I just wanna take this opportunity, I know we already prayed, and I won't pray long, but I want us to pause collectively and invite Jesus into this very moment, maybe into the desert season that you're walking in. Maybe you're like, I don't even know how I ended up at church, but I'm here. Would you welcome God in to this moment? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for each and every person who's here today. And God, we're asking that you would show up in a powerful way. We're not just here at church to check it off our list. We are here because we desire an encounter with the living God. And Father, we believe that you have a word for each and every person who is within the sound of my voice today. So Father, I pray that you would help me to get out of the way so that you can have your way. Holy Spirit, minister. We thank you, God. You have our attention. And in your name, amen. So knowing I was talking about a desert season, not the dessert season that we'd rather be talking about, I texted some friends and I just said, what are some words that you would use to describe a desert? What are some descriptive words for a desert? And I got so many different words back, but I listed out the ones that we heard the most. And these are some descriptive words from people about a desert. They said words like barren. Barren could describe a desert landscape or uncomfortable maybe lonely or sad, lifeless, difficult, monotonous, it's just routine, everything looks the same, hopeless, tiring, or lacking. And maybe some of these words not only describe the landscape of a desert, but they describe the landscape of a portion of your life right now. Maybe you feel hopeless about a relationship, or you feel like you're lacking as a parent, or you feel like your job is feeling lifeless, or you just feel tired from all the weight that you've been carrying. And as I've been praying for you, and as I've been preparing for this time, there's a verse that keeps coming back to mind, and I wanna read it for us. It's actually a promise that God gives us, and it's found in the book of Jeremiah chapter 17. And if there's a word in red, I wanna encourage you, say that word out loud with me as we read it. it. Says, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. This is good news for us. This is good news for every Christ follower that your, that your desert is different than the desert seasons of this world because you are not without hope. 
No matter what you're facing, no matter how dark it is, how heavy it is, how confusing it is, no matter what you're facing, our trust is in Jesus. Our confidence is in Jesus. We're not bothered by the heat. We're not worried about the drought. We don't fear the future. We don't fear the not enough. Our lives will never stop bearing fruit, even in desert seasons. Why? Not because we're good, but because he is good. We have hope in Jesus, even in the middle of the desert season. And I just believe that somebody today needs to be reminded that your desert is not a dead end. Your desert season that you're in right now is not your final destination. You're not gonna camp out there. You're not gonna die there. God is going to get you through because he is the God of hope. And as long as we have Jesus, we have hope. And all throughout the Bible, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, we see God speak to people while they were in the desert. And I believe that God wants to speak to us today too. You know, whoever gets, who gets the most out of a message is the one who writes the message, okay? So as I've been writing this, God has just been ministering to me too and reminding how, me how he speaks to us in every area of our lives, but especially in the desert. And so if you find yourself in a desert season, it can be easy to fall into the trap of complaining, okay? How many of you, you're kind of like, I'm an overachiever in the area of complaining. It's easy for me, don't point to your spouse, don't look at a friend, okay? But it can be easy for you to complain about anything or anyone or whatever. And I get it, I can be tempted to fall into the trap of complaining as well. But whenever I wanna complain, I often hear this phrase that Pastor Jeremy has said many times, Hey, how many of you are just so happy Pastor Jeremy and Jen are back and they're safe? <laughs> Pastor Jeremy, we took a vote and you're never allowed to leave again. You just stay right there, city first, stay safe. We'll all feel so much better. <laughs> We're so grateful for God's faithfulness. But Pastor Jeremy time and time again has said this line, if you complain, you remain. If you complain, you remain. Complaining doesn't advance you forward. It actually just keeps you stuck, stuck in a mindset, stuck in a mentality. It keeps you stuck. And so instead of just going, why God, why is this happening to me? Why is this, couldn't this happen to somebody else? Why is this this way right now? Instead of asking why, start to ask God, what? It's not why is this happening? Why, is it, why am I in this difficult season? No, God, what? are you wanting to teach me through this season? God, what are you wanting to show me in this desert time? God, what should my response be to this tough situation? So ask me, why am I in this tough situation? God, what should my response be? What does the Bible have to say about it? Not what does everybody else have to say about it, God, what do you have to say about it? What is the truth here? And when we have this posture of saying, God, what do you wanna show me? Instead of complaining and asking why, what we find is that the desert season actually becomes a season of growth for our lives. It's in the wild, it's in the wilderness, it's in the desert seasons that seem to grow us the most emotionally, spiritually. We often want to avoid the desert seasons because they're uncomfortable and they're dry and they're lonely. 
We want to avoid them, but when we choose to not avoid them, we actually choose to advance into the next season, the more that God has for us. How many of you are familiar with the great continent of Australia, right? It's a beautiful land. My little sister actually, she'll always be my little sister even though she's in her 30s, but my little sister, when she had graduated from high school, she spent a couple years over in Australia. So I got the opportunity to go and visit her a couple times and it's a beautiful country. It's actually the sixth largest country and it's the oldest, flattest, driest inhabited continent with the least fertile soil. And the majority of Australians live hugging the coast, staying close to the water. It's all of the beautiful photos that maybe you see people post of Bondi Beach or they're surfing or the Sydney Opera House or the coral reefs, like it's just a beautiful place. But most of Australia is not usually photographed and promoted. Why? Because the majority of it is actually a desert. Yet despite it being a barren land, it's one of the most wealthiest countries in our world with some of the most affluent citizens per capita. How is that possible when it's majority a desert land? It's because it possesses a great reserve of natural resources. Things like coal, aluminum, oil, gold, iron ore. But where are these resources found? They are not found in the lush, green, comfortable beach towns. No, they lie in the desert spaces. And people will go from the coast into the desert and they will dig and they will excavate to find what is of most value. And then they bring these riches back, bringing wealth to their land. And this illustrates a fundamental truth for each and every one of us too. If we don't wanna get stuck in the same place, dealing with the same thing over and over and over again, then we must steward the desert seasons of our lives well, we must be willing to dig deep in the desert seasons to get every good thing that God has for you. Knowing that the desert, it might be uncomfortable, but it's a season of growth and it's a season of preparation. It's a season of richness if we are willing to dig and give God our full attention. And here's what is so encouraging about the desert seasons. God will not leave you abandoned in your desert season. He wants to speak to you there. It's actually historical, it's biblical, it's proven. God speaks in the desert season. He speaks in the dry and the weary spaces. The most unlikely of places is where we can hear God's voice. And I love this, I wanna show you something. I wanna show you the Hebrew word for desert. Okay, we're gonna put that on the screen. This is the Hebrew word for desert. The majority of the Old Testament was written in Hebrew and we've translated it into English, but this is the original text for the word desert. And now I wanna show you the Hebrew word for speaking. Now, I don't really speak Hebrew, maybe you do, but I think we both can see that these two words are the same. When they're pronounced out loud, there's a little bit of variation, but they share the same root word, which I think is so beautiful because it shows us that desert 
and God speaking are nearly synonymous. The question is never, is God speaking? The question is always, are we listening? God wants to speak and he is speaking. But so often we have the volume of this world, the volume of life cranked up so high. We're running so fast from thing to thing to thing. We can't hear anything, especially God's voice. We stay so busy. We can't hear. We can't feel. We numb ourselves out. And everything else is so loud that God gets drowned out. But it is our prayer for you. City First Church, because as your pastors, we pray for you every single day. And our prayer for you is that you will begin to hear God speak to you in your life. And it doesn't mean it's like an audible, audible voice. Sometimes it's that quiet Holy Spirit nudge, but God is speaking if we will just listen. And all throughout scripture, we see God speaking to people, changing people, refining them, not usually when they're comfortable, but when they are uncomfortable in the wilderness and in the desert season. And this morning, I want to just take a little bit of time and look at three individuals in the Bible who found themselves in desert seasons and see how God spoke to them. So here's the thing. I don't have enough time to tell all of their stories. If I did, we would be here for like five hours and you guys would be hangry. You're like, those cookies wouldn't cut it, okay? So... We're just gonna go do, give a little bit of an overview, but my prayer is that when you come to church on a Sunday, it inspires you to learn more about God on a Monday and Tuesday. So go take this information. You can give God praise for that. So I want you to write down some scriptures and you go and you read these stories yourself throughout the week, okay? So the first person that we're gonna talk about is Moses. Okay, Moses spent 40 years in Egypt trying to be a somebody. He really wanted to be important. He really wanted to be the guy in charge. And he got so off track with just trying to be a somebody that it, he ended up actually murdering somebody. And so Moses runs away and he runs into the desert spaces. And after he had spent 40 years in Egypt trying to be a somebody, he now spends 40 years in the desert learning how to be a nobody. He humbles himself before God. He repents of what he did, of what he's done. And Moses takes on the role of a shepherd. Day in, day out, same place, same space, just Moses and his sheep. Until God shows up and he speaks to Moses in the desert. And I believe that God saw Moses' faithfulness in the desert season and it laid the foundation for his next season. Because how well you do the current season of life that you're in impacts the future season of life that you desire to be in. In your relationship, in your job, in your friendships, all, how well we steward this season matters. 
And so God sees Moses' faithfulness in the difficulty and in the desert season. And God showed up in the desert and he gave Moses a new purpose to lead God's people out of slavery. See, his time in the desert wasn't just for him, it was for also for those around him. His desert season prepared him to fulfill the purpose that God had for him, which impacted not just him, but hundreds of thousands of people. When Moses went into Egypt and he took the Israelites out, let my people go, where did he lead the Israelites once they escaped from Egypt? Into the desert. But guess what? Moses had been there before. He had stewarded that season well, so he knew how to lead others through the difficulty that he had went through. And some of you are navigating a difficult situation right now, and I want to encourage you, don't give up. Don't settle down in the desert because what you are learning to walk through, God's going to position you to help somebody else get through it too. Hope has come to you, but it doesn't end with you. God's purpose for your life is greater than just you. There are people who need what you have to offer. The second person that we want to look at today is someone that we're all familiar with. It's Jesus. And there's a famous passage in the Bible in the New Testament where it's talking about Jesus being in the wilderness or being in the desert. And I want to read a couple of verses first from Luke chapter 4, verse 1. And it says, Then Jesus full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. Now we're gonna jump a couple verses ahead, same chapter, verse 14. And it says, then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him spread quickly throughout the whole region. See, Jesus was in the desert for 40 days and nights. And during this time, Jesus was tempted by the devil himself. See, in a desert, there are mirages that make something seem like it's there, even if it's not really there. And the enemy will always want to tempt us when we are in a desert season. He wants to tempt us to sell out, to give up, to cave in, to disobey, to stop believing, to surrender our hope. But through it all, Jesus didn't give in. He relied on his heavenly father. Jesus was in the desert. He was alone. He was offered temporary relief that would satisfy his immediate needs, but he didn't give in. He spent his time in the desert talking to his heavenly father, quoting scripture. And this is what I want us to catch from the two verses that we just read. Jesus entered the desert that God led him into full of the Spirit. But how did he exit? Empowered by the Spirit. The result of Jesus' time in the desert was God spoke to him and he gave him fresh power. He left with a power that he didn't have before his time in the wilderness. And some of you right now are going through difficult situations, whatever that might be. It might seem little or big, but you're trying to navigate it in your own strength, in your own wisdom, and in your own might. And even on your best day, you can't do what God can do for you. And he wants to give you a fresh power, a Holy Spirit power, strength upon strength to walk through whatever it is that you're facing. He wants you to rely on him and he wants to give you power. The last person that we're gonna talk about this morning is a lady by the name of Hagar. 
Now, Hagar has an unfortunate name, but she has an important story. And Hagar's story involves so much drama. If you go and you choose to read it this week, as you're reading it, you're going to feel like you're actually watching an episode of Jerry Springer. Like, it's all kinds of crazy. So it's in Genesis chapter 16. And when you read about her, it will make you feel good about whatever family drama you've got going on. You're like, it's nothing compared to what Hagar had going on. Okay, the Bible is full of complicated imperfect people, right? We just talked about Moses, who was a murderer, and Hagar was in a difficult situation. She found herself in a situation that she didn't want, that she did not create, and it became so unbearable for her that she physically ran away into the desert. And when I read that, I'm like, it's so interesting that grown people are running away into the desert, and we might not physically run away, right? but we might run away in other, in other areas, like by trying to numb out or binge watch or numb out how we feel. Like we can run away in a different way, even if it's not physically, like the characters that we're reading about today. But it's in the desert that God finds Hagar and it begins to speak to her situation and it begins to give her direction and he begins to give her hope and a new vision for the future that he has for her. He lets her know what's, that what she's going through right now will not be her forever story. In short, God shows up and he gives her a promise. So he gives Moses a purpose and he gives Jesus power and he gives Hagar a promise. And I love Hagar's response to when God speaks to her. And I want us to read it together. It's in Genesis chapter 16, verse 13. And it says this, Therefore, Hagar used another name to refer to the Lord who had spoken to her. She said, You are the God who sees me. She also said, Have I truly seen the one who sees me? The Hebrew term for that is El Roy, the God who sees And City First Church, I want you to know today that whatever it is that you're walking through, God sees you. No matter where you're at, to our God behind bars locations and Dixon and Hardy and every inmate watching through Pando app, God sees you. If God can show up in the desert and find Hagar, he can show up behind bars or right here on this campus, wherever you're watching through, and he can speak to you today. He sees what you're going through in your desert season. And if we read the same verse that we just read, verse 13, but in the amplified version, it just brings us to a whole nother life. And I want us to just look at it. Have I not even here, Hagar speaking, in the wilderness, remained alive after seeing him who sees me? How? With judgment, with uncertainty, with criticism. No, how does God see? With understanding and compassion. I hope you know, church, that we serve a God who understands. He understands you, he understands what you're walking through, and we serve a God who is full of compassion for you. God sees you and he loves you. And I pray that our response will be the same as Hagar's. She said, have I seen the one who sees me? See, and my prayer is that we would be people who see the one who sees us, that we wouldn't be blind to his love, to his understanding, to his compassion, but we would really see him, that in the desert season, our focus would be fixed 
on God, our eyes locked in to him, our ears attentive to hear his voice. Why? Because God wants to speak to you. He wants to give you a promise. He wants to give you a new purpose. He wants to give you fresh power to walk through what you're walking through. And God will be faithful to speak, but we must be faithful to listen. And what happens is when we're in the desert, and our eyes are fixed on him and our ears are attentive to hear his voice. What we read earlier in the book of Jeremiah chapter 17 is what we're going to begin to experience for our lives. That even in the dry and desert places, we will still bear fruit. Our lives can still flourish. It's the imagery of a seed. Within a seed is encased its full potential. Truly is crazy if you think about it. Within a tiny seed is encased its full potential that this tiny apple seed could turn into this huge apple tree. But in order for a seed to flourish, it must be given the right environment and nourished with the right elements. And we as humans could be likened to a seed that encased within you is all the potential in the world. Encased within you is all the potential that God designed for you to have. God designed you. He dreamt you up. He knows the number of hairs on your head. He loves you. He has great plans for you, promises for you, power for you. But it's our job to make sure that we are nourishing that seed with all of the right elements. Because if we don't, then we restrict the ability to flourish how God designed us to flourish and to grow and to bear fruit. God designed you to do it and he will do his part, but we also have to do our part. There's a national park in California, actually is so large, it, reaches into Nevada and it's called Death Valley. Its average temperature is 102 degrees with a lot of days, the temperature sitting at 120 degrees. And it only averages three inches of rainfall throughout the entire year, only three inches. It has the name Death Valley for a reason because it's an environment where nothing should be able to live due to the heat and the severe dryness. But in 2016, Death Valley received more rain than it usually does, and it resulted in something called a super bloom. And it turned the floor of Death Valley into a carpet of beautiful wildflowers. And this tells us that these seeds were there the whole time in the dry desert of Death Valley. And encased within these seeds was within them the potential to flourish and to be beautiful and to show off the colors that God designed them with, but they just needed the right nourishment in order to grow, in order to take shape. The seeds were there the whole time, just the environment and the nourishment wasn't right. And it just reminds us, church, don't mistake dormancy for death. 
just because you haven't seen it yet doesn't mean that it's not gonna happen. The enemy will try to tell you that it's dead, that that marriage is dead, that hope is dead, that faith should be dead, that relationship, whatever it is. But the enemy is the one who speaks death, but don't confuse dormancy for death. God says that there is new life, that there is new hope, that there is new mercies, that there is a future for you no matter what your past has been. God loves you. And maybe you've been walking around the desert season and it feels like you're just wandering around in circles and you've been wandering around carrying frustration, feeling overlooked, feeling ignored, feeling confused, complaining about how nothing's ever gonna work out. But we must bring the right nourishment into the desert environment. And as you start to bring in the right elements, what are the right elements? Let's get practical just for a moment. Right elements like you're worshiping in the desert. Okay, you're turning down the complaining and the noise of this world and you're cranking up worship music and you're praising God even before you've seen the breakthrough. You're prioritizing church in your desert season. I know you're busy. I know there's a lot going on, but you come on Sunday and it helps to sustain you into your Monday and the rest of your week. You're bringing friends with you because they need hope too. What else do we do in the, in the desert season? We're opening up the Bible and we're reading scripture. Why? Because it gives us life. If you don't know where to start, hop on version. Our good friend Ryan Leak just actually released a devotional there about how God whispers in the wilderness. Check that out on version. Surround yourself with people of faith. Get in a life group. Pray in the desert. How do I do that? You just talk to God like he's your best friend. And here's what I believe, that as you do your part, and I know this is true, as you do your part to bring the right nourishment into your life, God will do his part and your life will begin to flourish and bear fruit. And I woke up this morning at like 2 a.m. with this verse on my mind that I didn't, I hadn't thought of before. And I believe it's a timely verse for each and every one of us. I want, us, I want you to cling to this as you leave today. And it's in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19. And it says this, listen carefully. This is God speaking to you and to me. I am about to do a new thing. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even put a road in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. Let's make it personal. I will even put a road in the middle of your wilderness. I will even put rivers in the middle of your desert. What you think has been dead has just been dormant and God is bringing new life. God is breathing fresh air into weary lungs, restoring what the enemy would try to break down and to steal. And so I just wanna end our time together and I'd love to have the opportunity to pray over you, that we would lay down the things we're not meant to carry in the desert and we would begin to tune our ears to listen to God and receive all that he has for us. So if you're able, would you go ahead and stand to your feet and I wanna pray for us. And may this physical posture of standing represent a spiritual posture of God, I'm ready for the new that you have for me. So Heavenly Father, I thank you for each and every one of my friends. God, I thank you for the purposes that you have for them, the promises that you have for them, and the fresh power that you have. God, I pray that as we're in desert seasons, we would lay down the things we're not meant to carry and we would invite you in. 
God, as we prioritize you, we believe that our lives will begin to flourish and that they will bear fruit even in the middle of desert seasons. God, we trust that you're wanting to do something new and we say, we're here for it. God, we're here for it. We want everything that you've got for us, even though it will require us to dig deep, we want what you have for us, God. We're desperate for more of you. So I pray that you would give my friends strength so we can hear you clearly, God, and that they would receive all the hope that you have for them today. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe you're with us today and you've never made Jesus the leader and the forgiver of your life. This doesn't mean that you're joining a church. It's not about religion, religion, but we wanna give you the opportunity to have a relationship with Jesus. He died for you, he forgives your sins, he loves you. And when you make that decision, you have heaven forever as your home. So if that's you, would you go ahead and just slip up your hand? No one's looking around except for me and say, I wanna make Jesus the leader and forgiver of my life. Hands going up all over this room, I believe online as well. We're not in a rush if anybody else feels like this is my moment. Amazing, okay, you can go ahead and put your hands down. If everybody would repeat after me so no one feels like they're saying this by themselves. Heavenly Father, thank you for your son, Jesus, that he died for me, forgives my sins, and gives me a brand new start. Today I choose to follow Jesus. And in your name, everybody said, amen, amen. Church, can we give everybody who prayed that prayer a huge round of applause? Best decision that you will ever make. And if that's you, we've got a free resource for you, New Beginnings. You can pick up a physical copy at the Next Step booth, same place that you go if you're a guest, or a digital copy here. Also, if you need prayer, we've got prayer teams ready and waiting for you. Go out to the foyer to the left, red signage. Enjoy your cookies and come back next Sunday. We've got a special service planned for you. God bless. Have a great day, church family.